presents Scratch Track. The podcast where we debate which track to scratch off some of the most known and unknown albums of all time. We live in an era of singles. This is an album. People no longer listen to an album for the work it truly is. It kind of defines a band. It's just not something that people relate to nowadays. We've all gotten the dreaded. Started out as a game. Which track on the album would you scratch out if you had to? Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Scratch a Track, presented by the Dude and Grimm Show. Uh, we have another amazing album to discuss today, but just in case you're not familiar with our format and how we go about talking about the albums, uh, check out our first episode of our podcast. It kind of lays out the groundwork and everything you kind of need to know going into it. But uh, Scratch a Track, we're, uh, we're ready to get rocking on this one. It's an album that I've been looking forward to for a long time, and I know you have as well, and that is Pink Absolutely. Floyd's dark side of the moon so grim Whew, this is a big one uh, i'm not exactly sure where to start I, I i know it's it's one that's near and dear to both of us yeah um, i i guess i look at this as we started off the the series with abbey road but i can't think of a more complete work as it was intended to be an album than dark side yeah. of the moon to me, totally. I think of it as kind of like the guidebook of one how of how one would go about doing that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, do you think you initially just say that just because it's it's um, you know, and we'll get more into this, um, but it's an album that that flows. It goes track to track to track, and um, I, I you know I know when people talked about it, it was the ultimate concept album, but it is <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I guess I I think less about the concept of it. I mean, a lot of the concept of it is really just dealing with or or discussing bigger issues in life. I mean, if you just look at the title tracks themselves. Sure, sure. You know, Breathe on the Run, Time, Money, Us and Them, Brain Damage. There's just a lot of it just talks about different, um, I think, different things as one grows yeah yeah it's definitely like it's it's like a musical representation of kind of life and life and times and it's it's interesting so i i'm looking here it was released Mm -hmm. on march 1st 1973 and still today a lot of the ideas and concepts and things that are you know sung about and talked about and everything really apply to to just just uh, to life today and and whatnot. So it's oh, absolutely. It's, you know, I mean, it's yeah. And it's a speaking about album, the, but, it but, is, and I think nothing's more evidenced by that than the fact that, if I'm not mistaken, I don't believe it's ever left the top 25 best-selling albums list in the U.S. Yeah, I have a few statistics um, of their kind of selling <laughs> and whatnot, okay. but. But before we actually get into that, I kind of got a little bit of a trivia question, and you only have, I, I would say, I don't want you to count in your head. If you had to guess off the top of your head, how many albums did Pink Floyd put out before this? Oh, man. I mean, without I counting. Count, yeah. Oh, without counting? Yeah, yeah, yeah without oh. just, yeah. I'm going to say six. Okay, Just uh, that's blind a, out of nowhere. That, very close. They're very close. Uh, it's actually seven. So this is their eighth studio album. 
Oh, wow. Uh, which, which when I read that, it just initially was kind of a little shocking to me because typically a band's what, eighth album isn't the one they're probably best known for. Um, you know, I, it's almost True. like they were kind of like late bloomers. But, you know, we had the whole Sid Barrett era, although I think he was only on one album, which was really Piper in the Gates mm. of Dawn, wasn't he? No, he was a little bit. I think he was also a little bit on Saucer Full of Secrets, okay. but I believe okay. you are correct. Where All after right. that, he kind of wasn't on the albums anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although I think served as a big inspiration to a lot of the music and a lot of the stuff sure. he did. And I mean, hell, you could argue the muse of Wish You Were Here. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. But yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, well, so check this out. To get back to some of the numbers, um, <laughs> the Billboard 200 had it charted for over 900 weeks. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't even, like, I think that's, I calculated it. That's like 17 years. I mean, that's just, <laughs> dude, that's, that's crazy. I, is, I don't know what could speak louder than that. I know. I know. Well, this is a pretty big number, too. And uh, it's something I actually do want to talk about in depth a little bit is um, I saw that it has sold over 45 million copies, which... Wow. So here's the thing with that. I, I, you know, Not to take away from its greatness, but I think that number is a little deceiving because they are a band who came out in the early 70s. So that means there's people who... I mean, how many copies do you have? You have it on vinyl. You have it on yep. CD. You know, yep. like you have multiple versions of it. And I think... You know, you know, in a format where you know things evolve um, like that, that's where some of those numbers. I won't say get inflated, but they kind of do because you know, think about it. People bought it on vinyl, they bought it on tape, they bought it on CD, and so people have multiple copies of it. But that's True. also a testament to to its greatness as well. So, well, that's a good point because I mean, if you didn't like it, you'd probably just make do with what you had. But I mean, it's yeah. And, and the thing is, I have a vinyl copy of it now, but it's an old vinyl copy, and I want to buy it again remastered because right. there's nothing like that sound of putting the needle down for the first time, right? You know, right. And, and and knowing that that's the first time that that record has been was, played, sure. Um, that that's not too bad. Either. Totally, totally. Yeah. Well, so yeah. So it came out in 1973. Um, <laughs> this is kind of interesting. Rolling Stone in 2003 and 2012 they ranked their 500 greatest albums. Dark Side was 43rd both times. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, I I, I, I would love to see one through 42. <laughs> oh yeah, because that's top five, no question. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Fuck, that's top three. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I guess I'm jaded as always ha- having been a really big Pink Floyd fan. Yeah. Um, but again, I still, I, I think that regardless of being a big fan or not of the band, it, it's hard to ignore what they did. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I just, I, I, I can't imagine it being that far down, but yeah. So anyway, so um, this is kind of interesting. I found this little nugget. Dude, the title Dark Side of the Moon was actually, you may know this, but there's a band called Medicine Head. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them or their work. I'm no? not. Okay. <laughs> well, apparently a lot of other people aren't either because <laughs> they actually had an album 
called Dark Side of the Moon. And so Pink Floyd was not going to be able to put it out under that. But they decided not to because albums can have the same name. Songs can have the same name. So they actually changed the title of the album for a short time to Eclipse. Then Medicine Head, let's just say they dropped the album and it didn't do so hot. So once there was no critical acclaim there, they didn't really feel like anybody would notice. So they retook the title Dark Side of the Moon and now it is, is this. So well, and not that Eclipse is a terrible title in any sense because it's an mm. awesome song on the album. Yeah, but the interesting thing that I like, um, if you really want to dig deep into the album, is that it's called Dark Side of the Moon, and at the very end, one of those interviews that they have, you can hear the guy say, uh, "You know, there is no Dark Side of uh, the Moon. As a matter of fact, it's all dark." Uh, which yeah. I mean, Dude. if that doesn't tie the whole thing together, it it does. It it really does. Like just like the it, rug. I mean, yeah, yeah. Dude, the dude abides. Yes, that that rug and that line. It's because it it almost it almost like just throws away the whole thing that they've been talking about for the whole album a, a little bit. You know? <laughs> yeah. It kind of yeah. dismisses it like, oh my God, there's this, you know, we're talking about this deep, intense, introspective stuff. And then it's almost like, eh, you know, whatever. It's all dark. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I know it. Well, let's, um, let's talk a little bit about maybe you might know some of the, the, the technical aspects of it and the production. Um, from what I saw, it was produced on a 28 track machine and also originally recorded, um, meant to be in, in quadraphonics. Um, yeah, well, and, and not to be a nerd here, but I'm always a nerd when it comes to this. I'm pretty sure it would have been a 24 track tape machine because okay. that, that was, but yeah, that doesn't matter. Um, yeah. And you know, Quadraphonics never really took off. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because I think it's a, I mean, it's surround sound before there was surround sound. sound and I just sure. think it, it would, it would have been really cool to be able to listen to this or a lot of <clears throat> albums in quadraphonics for that matter. And I mean, this is a yeah. perfect yeah. example to me, a one that would have been well suited to be mixed as such. Sure. And, you know, it's interesting that quadraphonics never really took off. I feel like quadraphonics a little bit, it's almost kind of like 3D when it comes to movies. It's it's one yeah. of those things where like, oh, the idea is great and it, so- it looks cool. It sounds cool. And then for some reason, it's like, well, people don't want to wear the glasses or maybe people don't want, I, I don't know, four different speakers or whatever yeah. it is. Um, no, I get it. And I can see it being kind of a difficult thing because if you really read into the technical aspects of how a vinyl record works. I, I, they couldn't have done it on a vinyl record. It would have had to be some sort of like a four track reel to reel tape or whatever else they did. But I, I don't know how it could have been mixed like that on a standard LP Right. that anyone with a standard LP player could have experienced. Sure. 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 You know, it's interesting. I, I saw an interview with Billy Corgan a, a, a few years ago and he talked about his kind of frustration with how um, film and movies have, have advanced technically with kind of the computer animation and, and 3D and HD and Blu-ray and all this stuff. And he says, you know, music is, it, you know, it, it kind of hasn't evolved as 
quickly or maybe as dynamically as as he sees like the the film and video world and and i I actually i I thought it was kind of a good point and and that kind of gets me back to the quadraphonic multi-speaker sound it seems like you know that's that's a step that that could be taken you just got to get enough people to buy in and that's well you're right but here's the thing is maybe not the 3d aspect but all like the high def and all that stuff you can experience still even on a small player or something but the thing is how do you make a pair of headphones that's yeah. quadraphonic if yeah. it's not like some sort of a helmet that you wear? That's true. <laughs> I, that's true. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. That would and that would also look kind of ridiculous. Like nobody's gonna want to do that. I bet it would sound that. awesome, but you'd look <laughs> yeah. on a plane with it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You definitely would. You definitely would. All right. So, so here's the deal. So, um, getting into some of the. Getting into some of the songs now, um, you know, one of the the, the main single, um, you know, the the interesting thing with with Dark Side is there, there's there's two main songs that I would consider to be singles, and that's Time and Money, and those were the the singles. Um, yeah. Apparently, mo- Money came out first, and the B side to Money was Any Color You Like, which is kind of a interesting one to pick as a a B side, just. You know, like I, I'm not, I'm not sure well, the thought and process behind that, but I, I don't either. And if you look at it, it's like half the length of money almost. You almost yeah, could have fit yeah. another short song on there. Yeah, yeah, you really could. And then, and then, but this is what's check this out. This is what's cool. So, Dark Side's released on March first, nineteen seventy three. On February fourth, nineteen seventy four. They released Time is another single. Almost a year after the album's released, they released another single. And so they released wow. Time. And the B side of that apparently was Us and Them, which is which is is a long side. It's running uh, you know, seven and a half minutes. So that's And again, you know, wouldn't have been my choice as a single. Not that it's not a great song, but it's just sure. like I brain damage is more of a single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. But if you're gonna do brain damage, wouldn't you just put a clips on there too? I mean, and then at that point, but but then at that point, it, it, to me, it's just kind of listen a joke. to the album. It's just listen to the album. Exactly. It's like we got half the album on singles. Like uh, it doesn't make sense. But yeah, um, yeah, they so, flow too good to ever think about split them up. Yeah, yeah. No, especially they, they, those two. Yeah, especially yeah. those two. Yeah, yeah. They definitely do. They definitely do. So. Um, I think kind of, you know, maybe maybe getting into the album uh, a little bit. Well, actually, you know, first, before we get into the individual tracks, do you remember, what, what do you have, uh, you know, what was the first song or do you remember hearing the album for the first time? When, when, when was that for you? I don't remember the first time, honestly, that I heard it. I remember being completely blown away, and that's the only thing that I cared to listen to for quite a while after that. But I can't tell you that I have a distinct memory of the first time. Now, I will say that I've had very distinct memories (laughs) of other times that I've listened to it in its entirety, driving around, which at that point I might as well have been in a spaceship. Uh, But, you know, the, the first time I don't quite exactly remember um, yeah. But it was it wasn't one of those ones like 
where you'd listen to the album and you're like, oh, that's that's okay. I like some of it. Maybe I'll give it another listen. I mean, it was instantly, it was just like the greatest thing you'd ever heard. No questions asked. Like, yeah. like, well, that that was it. I'm why even ever try to record music? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, it's over. Just quit before you, you know, go while you're ahead. Um, yeah, I think my experience was was a little different. I I remember you listening to it, and I think a couple of our other friends in high school. And I probably wasn't on the whole, oh, let's listen to the whole album and have a trip and an experience type of thing quite yet. And so I I had, you know, I'd listened to money and I'd listened to time, but it was actually the first time I think I may have listened to it in its entirety was going to the Frontal and seeing Dark Side of the Rainbow, which is, you know, when they when they synced up. Uh, well, as we all know, on the third lion's roar of the Wizard of Oz and Dark yeah. Side of the Moon. And um, I, I, first of all, I, I think we just need to take a second and say, whoever figured that out deserves some sort of a prize for all like, you know, music fans and hippies. And, oh, yeah, they made you know, so many stoners happy. Oh, just my like, God. Like, and it's, it's unbelievable. It's, and it's funny because we've talked about controversy before with some of the albums, and I I can't see any clear controversy with this album. That would be the only thing to really talk about because it's one of those things that's always kind of yeah. been out there, yeah. and people do talk about it, and people watch it, and of course we've sure. watched it a bunch of times. Yeah. I don't. Um, I think it's it's pretty interesting, and there are some really interesting coincidences, but. Yeah. Um, I certainly don't subscribe to the conspiracy theories that are out there that say they must have made it in in Planned with this it. in mind because yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. like it's too good to have yeah. been made in that kind of a mold. Yeah, but could you imagine being that person who like did that and the first time you saw it? Because it's well, the 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 two things that really sync up are the um the alarm clocks with yeah. the, wi- the witch and riding down the uh, whatever, the gravel road with her bike, I think. Yeah. And, and then the second one that is also the uh, cash registers on money when it changes when it goes to color. Black, black and white to color, which, I mean, yeah. dude, uh, okay, I'm not a crazy conspiracy guy, but that is, I it's, mean, there's something, yeah. to, you know, I, I, I wouldn't deny it. I, I, I think, you know, I wouldn't den- say that, um, no, that wasn't intentional a hundred percent, but at the same time, ah, who knows, who knows? So, um, yeah, but yeah, that was my first, I think real experience. And then after that, I was like, okay, I get, you know, I get it now. <laughs> you have to, yeah. you know, it, it needs to be a, it's, it's a full experience. So, yeah. um, well, Grimmer, I think it's, uh, I think it's time. We might, might need to get into scratching some tracks here, but I think, well, overall, at least go yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we need to go through the songs. And, I and one guess thing if... I, yeah, go oh, ahead. Oh, go on. I was going to say, one thing I think we need to do, and this is, I, I found this just kind of interesting, was looking at, and I'm sure this is how it is on the vinyl, track number one is Speak to Me, A, and B is Breathe. And there are nine, quote-unquote, tracks on the album, correct? See, it's funny because, yeah, you're correct, but on the vinyl, they do list 10 because Speak to Me is considered it's, it at least gets its own number, its In- own oh, number on side oh, one. See, that's so interesting because... so Because on the, the CD, it's not cut that way. Yeah, the CD, it's not cut that way. And then I downloaded on iTunes the 
the remastered deluxe version and they do split it up into 10. So let me ask you first off, are we going to include uh, Speak to Me and Breathe as one track? I think or of two. it as one track. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm fine with with discussing it because discussing it in that way would not change my my scratch. Okay. Um, because the the those two are so connected to me. I don't know right. how they would right right you know because you just don't like either of them. So you, that's your scratch, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. yeah. Okay. Okay. No, so, and it's funny because we talk about that. One thing I do want to know that I think is interesting from a musical perspective and a production standpoint is to me how incredibly electric the album is. Okay. And when I say that, I think to me it was the first time when I had really heard a sequenced synthesizer uh, like they did with the VCS3 and On the Run. Mm-hmm. Um I, I had not heard anything like that before and certainly yeah. not something that was put into some sort of a song or a segue or a fragment or whatever you would call it. I found that interesting. And the other notable thing that really struck me aside from the wonderful use of all the awesome keyboards that were available at the time and playing guitars through a Leslie and everything. Yeah. Um, the other thing that struck me was David Gilmore's use of the pedal steel guitar, which is which are those big sweeping sounds that you hear in breathe and then in the breathe reprise. Okay. They almost if you because they kind of slide from one note to another and yeah. there's harmonies. And when I was younger, I honest to God thought that was some sort of a synthesizer. It wasn't until huh. I was older and saw some live videos and realized that he actually did that on a pedal steel that really uh, blew me away because it was getting these spacey synthesizer type effects out of an instrument that doesn't fit that mold in any way if you take it at face value, which would be a pedal steel. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, I mean, they're just, you know, you obviously know the techni- more of the technical aspects, but just as a, someone who sits back and just listens to it, th- some of the sounds are just... So they're amazing uh, things you just haven't haven't really heard before, and and you know I, I we've both seen that classic albums documentary, um, and one thing I, I want to say it's like David Fricky or somebody says, you know, one thing that is interesting about Pink Floyd and that's hard to talk about a little bit though is, and and maybe you have a different opinion of this is that their music is is so simple sometimes. And well, yeah, I mean, there are some chord changes that are pretty much just basic one four and throw in a couple things here and there. It's not incredibly complex. And I think the band even alludes to that in that documentary. Yeah. yeah. But it was and it wasn't that they like dressed it up in this way. Um, there was just something really unique about it. I, I It's hard to like pinpoint it. Mm-hmm. Easily, yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. I think some bands, and you know, not just bands today, bands over time, if, if, think about, oh, I got to play the 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 best, most insane, craziest, sickest part. And when you have a whole song of just that, it's just it's like a little yeah. too much. And and with Pink Floyd, that just kind of wasn't. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about the the you know musicianship, but 
there's there's some great playing on there, but it wasn't about like every part had to be the greatest. It's you know, they also talk about in the documentary about leaving space sometimes. And, well, and yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, and went, I think yeah. Gilmore's solos were always a testament to that because. You know, as a guitar player, sure, you just want to shred it or you want to do this, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. his weren't about that. But the thing is, every note was like the correct note at right. that moment. And yeah. It, it, yeah. It, yeah. Which at that point, it doesn't matter how fast you can go anymore. Right, right, right. And I think, yeah, that's, I mean, it's interesting, you know, with a song like like Time, it starts off with the, you know, all the alarm clocks going off and and everything and they you know, I think they talk about how they're all like in a kind of in a room and they they had you know they're like multi-tracking stuff and individually doing stuff and almost like the recording and the mixing of that was a performance and a production all in itself to get everything in line and synced up oh without question and in money too I mean yeah even, and money too sure it, and the fact that they they made that tape loop I remember somebody saying to me once oh yeah Pink Floyd they like made a cast register noise and sequence Dude. and i'm like do you know how number one really clever by the way yeah. and number two how hard how difficult that would have been at that time to do that in the way they did i dude, mean it's that that was some dude in college man at a party i swear i was there yeah. and he said that yeah. and we we're you know i mean i remember you being almost like personally offended by that i think oh know? yeah yeah it'd be like yeah. someone saying they don't like the beatles like, yeah like, exactly how like yeah <laughs> like all right you can leave now um yeah 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 so um and those are two really cool you know production things with both time and money but you know i, I look at a song like the great gig in the sky and it's again not i don't want to say you know so simple but it's soft piano and then you know claire tory mm-hmm. comes organ. in yeah and yeah. claire tory comes in and you know there's no it's it's basically an instrumental song there's no real lyrics but but it's it reminds me of kind of like you know when you hear someone talk about opera and yeah. they're like you know someone you know they're like gosh you know they were singing in italian i don't know what they were saying but it sounded pretty good you know and and you know it's kind of like you don't know what she's saying but man you're feeling it yeah Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and and similar too. I mean, you you reference the great gig in the sky, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even similar, she does some of that in us and them too. Sure, sure. Yeah. You know, and and it's the same kind of feel. And that's an interesting one because I had mentioned how the album is so electric, mm-hmm. with the exception of everything except I believe uh, Dick Perry's saxophone. Sure. And um, I don't know. I just that that to me is was an interesting thing to have this real electric sound and have a nice clean saxophone over the top of it. It kind of it had like a because that song us and them has kind of those jazz more like jazz oriented changes in it anyways, and then to totally. throw the sax in there. That's yeah. That's nice. Nice yeah. touch. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, and it's interesting because us and them was the kind of the main piano part and I, I think it changed when they recorded for dark side of the moon but they originally recorded that and the the Zabriskie point soundtrack they recorded it for that that uh oh. and antonioni wanted them to record Antonioni. yeah antonioni wanted to record some uh them to record some music and they could like apparently they could never get them exactly you know what what he wanted and what he envisioned 
And so they had that kind of, you know, I wouldn't say it was like a that leftover, groove. but yeah, 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 they had it. And, and so they kind of took it and put it in there for this album. And it, it's, it's the perfect, to me, it's like the perfect, you know, you know, mid trip song, especially after coming, oh, yeah. after coming right after like money where you're rocking. It's like, man, okay, yeah. that, that was intense. All right, let's, you know, let's, let's take it down a little bit and just kind of get into a, a yeah. slow, slow, long groove. And then, um, and then, of course, to in in really great lyrics. Yeah, yeah. Very, I mean, on top good. of that, you know, like yeah. subtle lyrics. I mean, they're saying really slow and deliberate with short phrases with the delay. Mm-hmm. Yep. But but clear and poignant statements. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. And then you know, again, this whole album flows, and so it then it just kind of goes into any color you like, which is. More, it's just like a, I don't even know how to describe it. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a synthesizer, you know, it's complete synth, like flowing down a river kind of thing. Yeah. It's just, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't fully know how to describe it, but, um, but we talked about, I think previously we've talked about kind of what, what I kind of maybe called like bridge tracks and, you know, a, a song like on the run, it takes you from speak to me, breathe kind of into time. Um, and I and I say more uh, bridge tracks because they are more instrumental. Um, you know, you could say "Greg in the Sky" is instrumental, but it's still it's got vocals. And then any any color you like, and it, yeah, kind of is 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 more of a bridge track because that's an instrumental taking you you know to the finish line with with brain damage eclipse. Mm-hmm. So I mean, to me, those are those are kind of the you know the the ab- absolute bridge tracks, which which again is kind of funny that they put it as a B side to to money on on the single. So yeah, agreed. Um, you know, and then and then we kind of have brain damage eclipse, where you know, I, I mean, I guess you you think of those songs as is separate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It, it's hard to imagine a more complete ending than eclipse. Yeah. I mean, like. The way the music flows and the lyrics, it's yeah. just, it, it's perfection. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the ultimate, yeah. ultimate summary, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. It really, really does some kind of sum everything up and yeah, it, it completes the album. And just like you said, you know, the last kind of the last line of the album, you know, there, there is no dark side. As a matter of fact, you know, it's, yeah. like, it's all dark. It's all dark. So, <laughs> it's all dark. So, so now we've kind of, uh, um, kind of gone through each of the tracks and and whatnot i mean um you know it's it's time to get into our get into our scratches here and if get into uh, the game into the game into the game i mean this this is a tough one because there's you know there there's there's a lot of good ones there's singles you know it's one of those ones ah do you scratch out money because you've heard it on the radio a thousand times i mean i've I've probably heard time on the radio a thousand times too or you know, speak yeah. to me, breathe. So some of these ones, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to hold that against it. Um, you know, I, I enjoy the song. Um, I, I think for me, I mean, I love the great gig in the sky so much and I love us and them so much. So it's really, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of a departure, you know, when you throw money in the middle, but that's also, that's also the point. And, yeah. um, where where the flip side of the album, uh, the vinyl would would have picked up. So, um, so I think it it makes sense, um, and it's a good good middle track of the song. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a good song. I think it's overplayed, but 
for for me it really comes down to two songs and that that would be any color you like and and on the run and i i know i just said earlier that those are kind of bridge songs um so well, those but are that doesn't songs nonetheless if we're playing sure. the game yeah and i think those are to me the only logical choices to choose from yeah. um but you know as I think about it, even though I love the jam of it, and I think we've already, we had kind of agreed on this when we played the game originally, but I wouldn't want anyone to be scratched. Uh, yeah, right, right. But to me, On the Run is just so out there and so unlike anything else that I've ever heard that I wouldn't take that one to be the scratch. I guess I'd have to go with any color you like. Sure. Sure. And I would, uh, I'd have to probably, I, I think I would have to agree with you there. And I, the reason I would agree with you is because if you went from speak to me, breathe right into time, I don't know if I love that transition as much where I feel like you could go from us and them and go right into brain damage eclipse. Like it's kind of like I would, I, I think that transition makes a little more sense, sense to me. Yeah, I wouldn't um, want to, but you yeah, could. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, it's kind of like you know we were talking about Octopus's Garden on on Abbey Road, and you're like, well, I've kind of been been scratching that one for for a long time. Here, <laughs> you know, here there isn't one. Like I don't feel a need. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's never it's never like I have the album on and I'm listening to it as a whole, and I feel the need to skip skip a song. Um, I will say if but I if ever you had to. If I had to, but but I almost I'm so lost in it usually that I don't even notice the transitions a lot of the time. Yeah, I, I I really I don't. I mean, I mean I will say if there's a song that I skip more than others, it probably would be Money. It, that's that's one that I probably do do skip more than others. I will say that. Yeah, yeah, I can so, I can see that, but I yeah. also couldn't downplay its importance overall. Yeah, yeah, I also blame that on you know pop radio. So <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. So, well, I think well, that uh, I think that wraps up our uh, our scratch a track for uh, Dark Side of the Moon. It was it's a fun little game. Yeah, um, and if you haven't listened to this album, um, what's wrong with Lord, you? <laughs> I, I hope you crawl <laughs> out from under whatever rock you've been living under and uh, yeah. listen to the, one of the greatest albums. Yeah, and definitely ever you know recorded. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen to it. You know on vinyl on cassette anywhere you can find it listen to it with headphones uh if you happen to have a quadraphonic machine and somehow there's a copy of that flying around you know go for it give it a shot yeah i would definitely definitely go that route if you can <laughs> yeah definitely go that route well okay i think that wraps up uh pink floyd scratch a track dark side of the moon uh it was another epic exploration into uh an otherwise uh, amazing classic album and uh, we're grateful for all you listeners out there. We uh, can't wait to do some more. If you haven't checked out our uh, uh, our previous one of Abbey Road, we highly recommend you giving that a listen. And uh, we will uh, see you again soon on another classic popular album. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe because there's more goodness coming your way. Scratch a Track is produced by the Dude and Grimm. Additional music provided by Moore, that's dot, 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 M-O-R-E, and the Tims, T-I-M-N-Z. Copyright 2020, The Dude and Grim Show. <laughs> <laughs>